Hello, I'm Patricia, welcoming you to a special anniversary issue of the Haiku P podcast. It's episode 19 of the second series, and it's our birthday. We're two today. Can you believe it? I've such a lot to talk about in this episode. I hope I don't forget anything. But before I get going, let me say a huge, huge thank you to everybody who's taken part, sent me messages, or just listened quietly without any comment. Thank you very much. I've learnt so much from doing this podcast, and talking to all of you via Twitter and email, it's been just amazing. And now, before I forget, I should let you know that the podcast is available on YouTube. I'm gradually getting it up to date, but you can search YouTube for Poetry P or get the link in the show notes. On today's podcast, I want to celebrate haiku written for and by children. I'd like to bring you up to date with the Renku, our second one, briefly mention Pebble Poetry, and I have a new poet to introduce to you, Elizabeth Mora. When I realised it was the second anniversary podcast, I started thinking about where my love of poetry came from and about my introduction to Japanese short-form poetry. Despite my great age, I can still remember my favourite poetry from childhood and, of course, the poetry I read with my children. I'll just give you a snippet from some of my favourites. The first, Tootles the Taxi, from the Ladybird book of the same name. Are Ladybird books a thing worldwide? Let me know. I'm Tootles the Taxi, I'll give you a ride. Just put up your hand, then jump inside. The next is from Alan Alberg's Please, Mrs Butler, which made me laugh when I first read it, and still does. Please, Mrs Butler, this boy, Derek Drew, keeps calling me rude names, miss. What shall I do? Lock yourself in the cupboard, dear. Run away to see. Do whatever you can, my flower, but don't ask me. And then there's the tale of Custard the Dragon by Ogden Nash. Belinda lived in a little white house with a little black kitten and a little grey mouse and a little yellow dog and a little red wagon and a really-o, truly-o little pet dragon. James Kirkup's Who's That? Who's That? Stopping at my door in the dark deep in the dead of the moonless night. It's quite scary. Well, it is to me, but then I'm easily scared. A.A. Milne's Buckingham Palace. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. Alice is marrying one of the guard. A soldier's life is terrible hard, says Alice. Edward Lear's Owl and the Pussycat. The owl and the pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat. They took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five-pound note. That's just a tiny selection. I could go on and on and on. But you might notice there are no haiku amongst them. Haiku only came into my life through my daughter's fourth grade teacher, 
almost 20 years ago. I hope she's not listening. I'll be in trouble for giving her age away. So in order to redress the balance, I went in search of haiku for children. Thanks to everyone who helped me and suggested books for me to read. I tried to chase up everything people suggested. Not that easy when you live in a German-speaking world and want to get hold of English-language children's books. But I promise I did my best. Before I went on my search, I put together some criteria based on what appealed both to myself and to my children in terms of our favourite poems. Obviously, it's not scientific. Purely the opinion of myself and my family. But if you and your families disagree, or have other things to add to my list, email me. You'll find my contacts if you don't already have them on the Poetry P website. I should make clear, when I was looking, I was thinking really of children up to the age of, well, 12 more or less. Only later, and thanks to some of your emails, did I think that I should have looked at pieces of work for older children, for teenagers. But anyway, what did I decide was important in children's poetry, at least in our family? Rhyme, rhythm, stories, humour, repetition, scariness, animals, well-crafted poetry, where the poets used a number of techniques, for example, um, consonants, alliteration, onomatopoeia. You get the idea. Something recognisable from their own lives, or our own lives. Flights of fancy. And illustrations. Well, two of those are problematical in this instance. Rhyme is a no-no, which is a shame, really, because I wrote this. One leaf, two leaf, three leaf, four. Winter knocking at our door. Jack Frost. So, my little verse must be reworked or get filed as a micro-poem. And I can't show you illustrations on the podcast. C'est la vie. Anyway, in my search for children's haiku, I found many books written for children. I have to admit I was disappointed with what I found. I'm not going to name names because this is a personal opinion, but the majority of verses were written in the traditional sort of style, 575. Which, of course, shouldn't have been a problem, but I found in many cases the verses sounded forced. I do have some notable exceptions. Celeste Manis What do flowers dream? Adrift on eight-pond pillows, pink-cheeked blossoms rest. John J. Muth Autumn Are you dreaming of new clothes? David Lloyd The boy decides to eat the snowman's nose. Disappointed as I was in what I'd read, it did get me thinking. I felt that the poets who submit verses to this podcast could probably do a cracking job at writing poetry for children. So, extremely last minute, I put a call out on Twitter for children's haiku, and this time I did take the older child into consideration. Or at least, I tried to. I think I was justified in thinking that you could do a great job. Have a listen, and get back to me and tell me what you think. M. Shane Pruitt Puddle stomping. The rumble of thunder when mum sees us. Each night, a spider 
weaving dream catchers outside my window. I had another go. Deep in the forest, a ramshackle house. He stares out. And from Christina Chin, who's writing for the first time for the podcast, we have the following. Bengal cat. My puppy nudges the sleeping furball. A chirping squirrel chases another. Autumn woods. I'll tell you more about Christina in the next podcast, where I'm happy to say she's writing for us again. Miniko Takahashi Ride on a pony, the rabbits from up high. John McManus Water's Edge My little ones call for Nessie. Lovette Carter Snow mittens, the dusk in the woods lit by berries. John Hawkhead Pitter-patter, the kitten walks through my paint. Spitter-spatter. Halloween chill, the bogeyman hiding inside my nose. Veronica Hosking Adventure awaits between the pages of a book, one crazy summer. And Jonathan Roman. Bucket of sand, the beach comes home. Sunset. Even Superman goes to bed. I'm going to finish by a haiku written by Emily Lohman, aged eight. Fox in the dark. Quietly raiding the dustbins. My thanks to everyone who helped me out here. Cheers, guys. Now, if you've visited the Poetry P website or follow me on Twitter at the Poetry P, you'll know I've been inspired by James Young to start writing poems on pebbles and setting them free in the wild. Thanks for the idea, James. I'm not sure who's enjoying it more, me or my husband. And thank you to all of you who've given me feedback and to those of you who've started doing the same. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, don't forget to post a picture, tag me, and let me know. And thanks too to Robert Horobin, who wrote me this. Scribbles. Haiku flowers on the pebble. Sometimes I get submissions from poets that don't fit easily into my monthly themes, and I hate to waste great verses. This was the case with Elizabeth Mora. Elizabeth writes today from the US. It seems that the caring professions have more than their fair share of haiku poets. Elizabeth works with elderly people at a senior centre. She's been involved with and studied Buddhism and Zen Buddhism for a long time and thinks that this may have guided her and helped her open herself up. And this, in turn, has helped her write. Speaking of writing, she thinks as poets we should be writing every day. And I'd agree with her. Practice absolutely does make perfect. She also enjoys stretching the form. And again, I would say, absolutely. Half the fun for me in writing haiku is to push my boundaries. 
On a personal note, though, I do wonder whether this prevents me from finding my true voice. Do you know what I mean? Any thoughts would be appreciated. Elizabeth thinks that now is a great time for haiku, because it's a brief poem in an age mad with brevity. With outlets like Twitter and Instagram, more people than ever can see poetry like haiku. The formats are made for brief poetry. She imagines a future of real-life haiku groups, little clubs all over the world having coffee and cookies and sharing. I know many of you participate in groups, face-to-face ones. If you haven't already told me about them, why not send me some details and I'll put them in the show notes. But for now, let's hear some work from Elizabeth. Walking on water, skating across a pond to the bonfire. Shaking off snow, my old hands fall apart at your soft touch. Dementia Ward Be a lady, she said, over and over. Thank you, Elizabeth. I hope we'll hear more from you in the future. Which reminds me, I've nearly finished the list of topics for next year. There'll be a few changes in terms of deadlines. If I have your email, I'll send a list to you. If I don't and you'd like to be included on my list, just email me your email address. That seemed more complicated than it should have been, but you know what I mean. I am beginning to really love Renku. The second one we're writing is coming along. Perhaps a little slowly, but that's entirely my fault for taking a week's holiday. And that held everything up. I'd like to thank the following poets for the work they've done so far. It's great fun for me working on this collaboration. Kim Russell, Richard Bailey, Wendy C. Bialik, M. Shane Pruitt and Veronica Hosking. I'll read you the Renku now, but you can go to the Poetry P website, click on Renku 2 and you'll find it in its current form. And you'll see exactly who wrote each verse. More from our poets and the Renku in a month. But for now, here it is. Marble steps sculpted by endless souls, a welcome chill. Mural tablets, how ancient my son's name. Wind in the willows, unanticipated storm, green blades impaling. Will the night be dark or give no shelter? Kissed moon, all those unfinished poems underwater. Empty leaves, the fading colours. An old quilt, grandmother's warmth passes down. Deep cold, she adds peat to the fire. Hypnotic glow, involuntary shiver reaches his soul. Well, that's it for this week. Hopefully I didn't forget anything. Thanks so much to everyone who's participated in this week's podcast. It's been really fun working with you all. Thanks to everyone who listens, and to all of you who send me feedback. It's always wonderful to know I'm not talking to myself. Thank you. Before I do forget, here's a call for submissions on the topic of men. Deadline the 11th of November. Oh, And the publication of that one's going to be a little late. I'm thinking around the 30th of November. As for December, 
we'll be doing ekphrastic haiku in Senryu. Deadline the 9th of December. Just one last thing. It's taking me a bit longer to reply to emails these days because I've hurt my neck and can't use my computer as much as I would like. Bear with me. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just getting there very, very slowly. Sorry. Next time, the podcast is all about spirits. And I have to say, it was a real treat to put it together. And if you enjoy it half as much as I did, you're in for a real treat too. Publication date for that podcast is the 21st of October. See you then. And in the meantime, keep writing. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. And if I've missed anything or you want to know more, just email me. Ciao.